It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios, with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here, and you can connect with these guys right now. Call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Yeah, maybe a little you know, gun-related, Second Amendment. We might wander off into uh, some police issues, some military issues, some firearms-related stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll stick there. Prepping. Yeah. Well. Yeah, prepping. Well, that's firearms-related. You have to have the firearm to prepare. You have to. If you don't have a firearm, you're not prepared. Well, yeah, <laughs> because then you're, all you're doing is uh, stockpiling for someone else. <laughs> but with Mike, sometimes we do wander into shiny land. Shiny land is good. I, I like a shiny land. It's it's shiny there, and there's so many Ooh. things to look at. So you just did it to him. Yep. I did. Shiny land. <laughs> hey, before we get started, let me uh, let me go around the table here. Let me adduce, introduce my associates because you cannot tell the players without a scorecard. Uh, on my right, a right hand man, the great 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 grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Doctor Corbett, approved memos. Hey, look, a distraction. Oh, where? What? Where? <laughs> what? Where? If I had a nickel for every time somebody... Oh, look, a quarter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, on my left. He's on the left. He's on, he's on my left. The illegal ninja, the courtroom assassin. Please welcome him back. Mr. Kevin Prepper Maxwell. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I bet you weren't prepped for that. I'm always prepped. <laughs> Ready to go. Ready to go. Kevin's actually got on um, a raincoat indoors just in case. He's a, he likes to prepare for the for the for the worst. So oh, actually, that's just that's just a rubber shirt, isn't the it? Sprinkler so. system may go up. <laughs> uh, and, and sitting uh, sitting next to me on the other side, which would be the opposite side of the left, is the <laughs> he's a little close. He's a little close. <laughs> the uh, Padawan learner, the samurai sidekick. Please welcome him back, Mister Alec Weber. Thanks for having me back. It's great to have you back. It's a good song. I like to listen to it. Sometimes. I hate that song. Just you hate it? All, I told you. Head bobbing really? kind of craziness. Well, we've, from the we've, we've, we've he's, got... Uh, he's jealous of mine. Listen, I am, got, I'm actually very Earl, jealous of yours. Do we have... Um, if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Do we have, <laughs> do we have that? <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah, close enough. I can use some cake. Who wants to bake me a cake? <laughs> no. No, you couldn't. <laughs> the uh, that's, that's a huge story. My daughter is in the car with me, and uh, we have the XM radio... Cake actually makes a couple of songs that are on the kids' channel. They have some kid-friendly songs. And the song comes on, and I, I, for the life of me, I don't know what it is, but you can see right there it says, Artist Cake. And my daughter says, Daddy, do you know why the name of the band is Cake? I said, why? She said, because everybody likes cake. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. I mean, you're, you know. I you can't really argue <laughs> with that logic. She's right. I'm more of a cookie man myself, but, you know. How about I've never this? seen a band named Cookies. You've yeah. got the ice cream. You've got to put the ice cream on the, cake, on the cookies. And the cake. Yeah, but about, there's always cake involved. Mm-hmm. You could have a cake cookie. Cookie cake. How about this, Alec? Mm-hmm. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's all him. Mm-hmm. That's all him. I do like some peanut butter. <laughs> oh. So so how was your guys' week? How, how, anything anything new, crazy, groovy going on in the world of law this week at the, at the Max Law Orlando Institute and headquarters? Settled a couple, three or four PI cases, mm-hmm. finally. What, what's a PI case? 
Private First, personal injury. Okay. Yeah. Private Magnum PI. We all know yeah. Magnum PI, right? For all of our listeners out there <laughs> that personal, aren't up on the injury, yeah. legal uh, job. These were uh, all automobile crashes. They were? They, they were all automobile crashes. We now, have, were these assault vehicles that acted upon their own, or were there people involved? They were They were New York vehicles. No, they were battery away. vehicles. They were not assault battery. vehicles. They were battery vehicles. So these vehicles didn't uh, just get up and go out and do this on their own. There was actually an operator, and the operator was held responsible. Uh, yes, the operator was held very responsible. It's so weird. That's so weird mm. because, you know, with guns, it's the gun's fault. I, yeah. You know, it's funny it's how well, one machine the, the guns don't have legs or wheels. If they had legs reason. or wheels, then the operator would be responsible. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you put a bipod on a rifle, then the rifle's not responsible for its own actions anymore. Um, yeah, true. Because it's not, it's, it'd, be the, it'd be the bipod's fault then. It would. Well, that's, that's good. I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that worked out. I'm glad uh, people got justice. They got they did. They got their justice. Um, I went to. Uh, they also got a check. <laughs> justice in the form of a check works. You know, you put uh, justice on the memo line. The green pulse. The green. Uh, I had a, a doctor's appointment this week. I hadn't seen my doctor in a couple of years, and <laughs> said uh, he said you should you should come up. And uh, I've heard this story already. Yep. I, I, I came up and went and saw him, and I I ended up uh, having to get a uh, get an X ray. Uh, you know, from a. Uh, an appendage injury, you know, a joint related thing. And I told him what I was, had some plans to do. And he said, you know what, let the, you know, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we take a, take an x-ray of that knee and see how it's doing. Oh, okay, good. So I got sent across the street because it's a medical plaza and across the streets where they have all the x-rays and the CAT scans and the MRIs and the, you know, uh, the dark matter imaging systems and whatever the heck else they Lions got. Lions and tigers and bears. Yeah, they, it's and all right there. It's all right all, there. All the MIs are there. And uh, I had paid my, my $20 deductible at my doctor's office, and I went across the street and thought, well, I wonder if I have to pay again since I already paid across the street, and he's just making me walk across the street in this medical plaza. And I got in there and walked up and signed in, and they came over and said, okay, we would just talk to your insurance company. Um, it's $284. I said, no, nah, there's, there's got to be some mistake. It's... You know, if you're, you're a specialist, it's 30 bucks right here on my card. It says specialist, $30. Uh, well, sir, uh, would you like to talk to the insurance company? Clearly, they're not a big fan of insurance companies. So I said, sure. And they put the insurance company on the phone, and I said, hi, there must be some misunderstanding. I'm here. I'm trying to give my $30 specialist deductible, and they're telling me you said $284. Yes, sir, it's $284. Well, why is it $284? Well, you see, you're not at a specialist. You're at a facility. Specialists operate at facilities. Just I, saying. I said. I said what? I said yes, sir. You're not a, at a specialist. You're at a facility. Oh, oh okay. That's nice. Um. Uh. You sure this isn't a specialist? Because it looks like a specialist, and it says specialist right here on the sign, and it's a specialist on the card and specialist on the paperwork. Um. And I don't even see facility on my insurance card. Well, sir, you're at a facility. I said. Oh, okay. Great. Um. Tell me. Is it still $30 for urgent care slash emergency room visit? Because that's what it says on my card. She says, yes, why? I said, because I'm going there. Why are you going there? Well, because they're going to do more work than just the x-ray I need, and it's going to cost you more, and it's going to cost me less, so I'm, I'm going. And, and she started with the, but, but sir, and it was an actual phone, so I get to, sl- I get to sl- kind of slam it down. Was it cathartic? Yeah, it was, you know, because you know, you, when you get a cell phone, you're like, I can't push if, I, the, if uh, I slam my cell phone, right. I'm going to break it. So I told them I was going across the ER. The, the woman standing there behind the counter said, what did they say? I said, well, they said, they said $284. 
Uh, I said, let me ask you this. Curious, what would it cost me if I wanted to pay cash? Well, normally it'd be 150 but after that phone call, I'll, I'll charge you 100 Okay, sold. I said, what would you charge the insurance company? Well, the contract says 290 So my insurance company, after I already gave them $20 that day, was going to give me a $6 break on a $294 bill or $290 bill. So I don't want to you know, say their name, <coughs> Cigna, Cigna, <laughs> C-I-G-N-A, Cigna, but they can, uh, they can go pound sand. Uh, and he's going to send them an invoice for the 100 bucks. Yes, I am. <laughs> hey, when we get back, we got uh, Colonel Allen West on the line with this. Uh, stick around for a good show. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. See you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. 
I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Mike. The following segment is brought to you by Next Level Training. Check out Next Level Training and the CERT SIRT training pistol at nextleveltraining.com. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, on the line with this, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, United States Army retired, past U.S. Congressman from the Florida 22nd, and currently the Executive Director and Chairman of the Board for the National Center for Policy Analysis. Strength and honor, sir. Strength and honor, steadfast and loyal. Good to be with you, Michael. Thank you for coming back. Sir, I want to I get right to it, get to the meat of it. I know you, you, were, you were there and you're participating. How was the RNC? Well, I tell you that it started out a little rough, no doubt about it. One of the things that you have to understand, you got these four days, you got the attention of the media world, you've got to stay on message, you've got to dominate and direct your narrative, and you've got to get your points across, and you've got to stay on theme. Uh, and so when I look back and think about how it got started uh, back on Monday, the first thing people were talking about on Tuesday was the Melania Trump uh, speech, the little faux pas. Uh, and then the next thing you know, we're, you know, the media starts dominating, talking about Ted Cruz and, uh, and his, uh, his speech. Uh, and they weren't talking about you know, the vice presidential nominee, uh, Mike Pence's speech. But I believe that uh, Donald Trump, in the end, uh, along with his daughter, uh, Ivanka, and I have to tell you that his, his kids did very well by him in, uh, in those uh, the speaking slots that they had. But Donald Trump brought it home. Now, it was it was quite a bit long, one hour and 16 minutes, but I think that it was very much so on point. It was on topic. It was about issues. And for the first time, Michael, I think what you really saw was a clear delineation between the two, of, you know, the two camps. You know, what Donald Trump brings to the table as opposed to Hillary Clinton. And, you know, they put her on defense. Uh, and so they're going to have to really rethink the direction that they're going at the DNC Convention of Philadelphia. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was really good. I, I enjoyed listening to a lot of speeches. The kids were amazing. I, I mean, he's got to be one proud father right now. I'm sure he was before, but, you know, to hear them get up there and, and, and say what they said was amazing. Um, listening, oh, yeah, very composed. Uh, listening to the, the media ahead of time, what was troubling to me was that they kept talking about the uh, the alienation and the disgruntle of the, the GOP establishment, and I couldn't help but think, listen, here's your party's nominee standing in front of you. This is your establishment now. All those other people are the outsiders. You need to, you know, move on. Uh, and, and 
evidently Mr. Cruz couldn't, and you had some words for him also. Well, this is what ends up happening. Is the the actions and the behaviors of, you know, Jeb Bush, John Kasich, Ted Cruz, I think it ended up unifying people because folks say, hey, look, we got to get on board. We got to, you know, stop the circular firing squad and we have to go forward. And the expectations, let's be very honest, the expectations on Donald Trump for last night were low. But what he did was he came out and he knocked a deep, deep center field, you know, out of the park into the upper deck. So, you know, hats off to him. Now, as you well know, uh, you know, we've seen many commanders give incoming speeches, but it is what that commander does uh, following up with that with his actions. So now we have to see how he follows up with his actions. I tell you what was so amazing, Michael, was to see a, a billionaire white guy talk in, in such an incredible manner from you know, other billionaire CEOs he addressed and their concerns with production and manufacturing and, and bringing business back to the United States of America, all the way down to kids in inner-city environments, talking about better education opportunities, you know, for black children, Hispanic children, talking about how we've got to, you know, clean up the violence. And I think one of his strongest lines was when he said, an attack on our law enforcement is an attack on all of us. That was powerful. Yes, yeah, it, it was. Now, We've had uh, just more catastrophes with these police shootings going on. Is this something we do we have to wait for the current administration to be gone or what can we start doing now to to, to right this ship and get the respect well, back and, and the honor to these officers? I, I believe safety? that you're going to I believe that you're going to have to get this current administration gone and not have it replaced with uh, just the same. You know, during this week when President Obama came out and said that the police needed to go uh, back and admit their past mistakes, <laughs> the fact that at the DNC convention you're going to have Michael Brown's mother speaking, I mean, this this is the mother of thug life. Here's a young man who, uh, you know, assaulted a store owner, stole from him, and then went out and tried to take the firearm of a police officer. Why, why would we have his mother up there to celebrate her? You know, it's a clear contrast. Where are the the, the families of the slain police officers? Where where Brian Terry, the, the Border Patrol agent that was killed? And so when you have the Philadelphia Police Union just coming out and speaking against the Democrat National Convention for what they're doing. This is a big, uh, this is a big change because mostly the police unions are always going out there and telling officers, "You got to go out and vote straight ticket uh, D." They're not yeah. doing that this time. No, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely the, the voice coming out from the police departments and the police union, and it's, 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 it's a troubling to watch. I mean, you want these cops to go out and do it, but they're standing up and they're saying it. I mean, there's a town up in. In Boston this week that uh, the police have uh, written to the mayor asking him to take down the Black Lives Matter sign from in front of the city city hall and and, and, and the mayor refuses to do it. Now, isn't, it, isn't, it a, isn't it amazing that if you had a, the, uh, a replication of the Ten Commandments out there in front of the <laughs> yeah. city hall, the left would be going ballistic. Yeah. But yet you have the sign of Black Lives Matter, which is vomiting racial divisiveness and, and hatred and strife. And that's OK. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, even the the Russian president, President Putin, has said that this is a terrorist organization and it's on their list. You know, but but we can't see it here under our own nose. Yeah, because it's politically driven, and and you know George Soros, like you say, follow the money is being bankrupted. I mean, bankrolled by George Soros. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sir, switching a little a little world affairs. Turkey had their uh, their their coup attempt over the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, president uh, uh, Erdogan 
is described as a, he's a, a good friend of the President Obama, yet, yeah. yet the president and our intelligence community never saw this coming. Well, I don't know if they never saw it coming or if they are, once again, uh, the President Obama said that Erdogan is a good friend, and we know that Erdogan is a Muslim Brotherhood uh, affiliate and associate. Uh, it, it just seems that the president is more comfortable with people like Mohammed Morsi, who, thank God, you know, General Al-Sisi was able to depose down there. The, the difference between what happened in Egypt and what happened in Turkey is that Erdogan has been in power a lot longer. Erdogan has been able to infiltrate and influence the military and get his cronies there in positions of power and leadership. Mohammed Morsi was not able to do that. Al-Sisi was still there, and Al-Sisi was not going to allow him to take, you know, that country, Egypt, in a very Islamist and uh, fascist uh, way to impose, you know, Sharia law is the rule of the land. But what you're seeing Erdogan do is a much more incremental process there in Turkey. And we need to be very concerned because we do have that base there. And perhaps we need to start uh, telling Turkey, if you want to go down this path, you're going to be expelled from NATO. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and hopefully, and we already heard Mr. Trump talk about it last night with uh, NATO having to do, step up and do their part if they want to be a partner in, uh, in world peace from now on. Uh, no, absolutely right. You know, when I was a young lieutenant over in Vicenza, our battalion combat team, our airborne battalion combat team was part of the uh, Allied Mobile Force Land, which was a, a grouping of member nation airborne battalions, and we formed, you know, like a, a, a division minus uh, force. And, you know, that was still back in the days of the Cold War, so we did a lot of exercises throughout. But each one of those countries, you know, they ponied up. And so we cannot continue to have people that believe that the United States is going to be their protector. Uh, nothing, nothing in life is free. And so I think that, you know, when you have a collective security organization, there are responsibilities for member nations, and they need to live up to those responsibilities. Sir, the Pentagon just announced their transgender policy for the military. Is this just more social experimentation from the White House? Yeah, absolutely. This is the whole social justice, fairness, social engineering, social egalitarianism. But I, I just put it very simply. When we have aviation maintenance crews in our military that are going out and, and scouring boneyards and museums to scavenge parts to keep our air assets, you know, flying, now we're going to have an administration go and tell the American taxpayer that you're going to be paying for hormonal therapy uh, treatments and gender reassignment for people that have what the American Psychiatric Association has called gender dysphoria. This is a disorder, and that's what the uh, American Psychiatric Association is saying. So now we're going to have the American taxpayer paying for people's, you know, uh, you know, a mental disorder, and and. You know, I'm just repeating what, you know, the professionals have said about this. So this is why we need to have someone different as commander-in-chief that's not focus on these silly social engineering games. Absolutely, absolutely. Colonel, that's it. That's all we got for the segment. Uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you gotta, you got you to gotta get on the, on the road. Uh, well, I appreciate it. And, look, uh, th- this is a critical election, and I think for the first time we saw someone on the GOP side define the opposition, the political opposition, and put them on defense. Check out the Colonel's current work at National Center for Policy Analysis at ncpa.org, or go check him out at allenbwest.com for the regular updates. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break.
Me? I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit. No problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. <laughs> right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact, every time I tried to quit, there were more than a few. I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit QuitterInYou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the Quitter in You at QuitterInYou.org. There are a lot of things teenagers hope for. Homecoming. Getting a cell phone. My first boyfriend. But the things they shouldn't have to hope for? Finding a home. Getting a family. Having someone to care about me. Over half of the 500,000 kids out there in need of foster care are 12 and up. They need a caring home just as much, maybe even more, as the littlest ones. If your heart is big enough for a bigger kid, take this chance and give them a chance. Kids Peace, your local children's charity, can match an older child with your family and provide training for their special needs, financial support, even a 24-hour support team that's just a phone call away. Their needs may be bigger, but so are the rewards. To find out more, contact KidsPeace at 1-866-4-KIDSPEACE or visit fostercare.com. With a little more effort, you can make a huge difference in the life of a bigger kid. The need is growing, so call or click today. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please feel free to remind them to go to sss.gov or any post office to register. I heard that. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke? Simple. Eat right. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium. Limit your alcohol and maintain a healthy weight. Let a registered dietitian nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. 
You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Kevin. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. And welcome back to the program. Hey, on the line with us is Dr. John Adeen. Dr. John is with the Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. That's D-R-G-O.us, D-R-G-O.us. And he's also written a recent article that's come out in the uh, Concealed Carry Magazine. Uh, Dr. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just finished doing some surgery, so we're ready to go. Sounds like you're still standing there in the ER. Oh, I'm in the operating room. Yeah, I'm in room five. In the operating room. That's it. You're still standing there in the operating room. Everything go okay, I hope. Yep. Well, we got everything done. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, Doc, the, uh, the the article is in the crosshairs. Are, are area hospitals targets for terrorist attacks? Right. And, and basically, uh, being in a hospital and being in gun-free zones all the time, I, I realize that uh, hospitals being soft targets are, are a risk. You know, we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, the um, kind of the uh, crazed person doing the shooting, you know, the, uh, you know, the spree shooter. But there's another more sinister group out there, those who, who will actually be organized and who, who will attack hospitals. And I'm not making this up. There's actually a history of this. It's been going on since 1981. In fact, there have been over 100 attacks against hospitals worldwide, uh, where uh, 775 people have been killed in these attacks. Yeah, and these are, and, the, these are the large-scale mass planned attacks. Yes, we're not even talking about the, the disgruntled local guy. Right, not like what happened to, you know, in Florida last week. Yes. You know, the guy that walked into the hospital room and killed two people. Yep, yep, nobody, nobody to stop him, except a sign yeah, that no. said no guns allowed. Yep. So, but, so this is really the, the, my area of concern, uh, especially what's going on with ISIS and with the influx of uh, Syrian refugees, um, none of which are vetted or screened or able to be vetted or screened. We know that in Europe, what's going on over there, um, you know, there's a lot of young men of fighting age who are uh, raping and, and causing damage. And, you know, they've promised to, to do attacks. And uh, the, uh, the uh, United States is a big target. You know, we have the crosshairs written all over this, this place. And we have to understand that hospitals are a ripe target because not only are they mostly gun-free zones and soft targets, and the security is not the greatest, but they are ideal targets because they have a large number of people in one place. They're easily defended. They have things like biological, uh, potential biological weapons and nuclear materials. Um, also, there's, you know, information available in, in hospitals that can be used later on. Um, so a, a hospital is, is a big, big ripe target. Um, also, there are a lot of Middle Eastern doctors, aren't there? Yeah, there are. You yeah. say, well, well, doctors can't be terrorists, could they? Except that, you know, Ayman al-Zawahiri is a surgeon and a psychiatrist, and he was al-Qaeda's number two guy. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, and, you know, there's a, I have a whole list of other uh, doctors in, in my article that, you know, so it's not like, 
these are isolated incidents. Um, so we have to look at the physicians. We also have to look at other employees who may be of, you know, who may be radicalized. There are a lot of women who, have, who are being radicalized and used as, um, as targets, or at least as, as tools to, um, to infiltrate targets, either to gain information and intelligence, or even to smuggle in potential weapons, or to be an actor in and of themselves. Yeah. So we, we are, um, it's really a concern, and we really have to keep an eye on who, who are letting uh, work at our hospitals. The yeah, problem sure. is, you, even if they're not, you know, you can't prove anything early on, they could be radicalized later on as well. So that's, that's another issue. So even if they're not radicalized when, when you hire them, uh, who's to say that they can't be influenced to do negative things? No, you're right. You're right. And that's why, you know, you continue to have your continued education with your medical staff or even just your your, your custodial staff. You know, you, you have them be on the lookout for things that are not normal or things that are different, you know, so and that includes the people as well as the objects. Uh, I know you went over a, a lot of it in, in the article, uh, which is uh, which is coming out in uh, the, the USCCA's magazine. This is uh, the Concealed Carry magazine. So make sure if you're not it, a USCCA right member. Now. It's actually, it's, it, you know, most people have their, their copies already. So Oh, i got to get uh, home and check my mailbox. I, get, I haven't yeah, seen mine this so week. It's in there. And if not, it's also on the website. If you're a member of USCCA, you can actually log in and go to this month's magazine, and it's on page 54. There you go, page 54. Um, not that you know where it is, right, Doc? <laughs> the, the, no, not that I know. No, of course not. <laughs> um, with, with hospitals, and I'll tell you what, what I'm thinking, and I know a lot of people around the room here shaking their head at me uh, in, in the affirmative, by the way. Um, a, a hospital, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great target for a couple of reasons. One, we, like you pointed out uh, here in, in, the prog- or on the, in the article, gun-free zone, soft target. Um, two, large, large, large population of people there. You can go in and, and, and do a lot of damage uh, with, a, with a little bit of you know, of, of, of equipment to, to take care of what you, as many people as you want. And then the third one, which gets me, and, and this is what's something we, we, we practiced in the military, it's a, it's a force multiplier. If you take out the caregivers, uh, right. then, then everybody else in the area, when you have these coordinated attacks, as you talk about, the, the symphonic attacks, that now all of a sudden you have no place for the wounded to go. And if you don't get to that hospital in that golden hour, your 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 casualty rate has gone up, you know, what seventy, eighty, ninety percent. You would know that better than I do. But that you take away the doctors, you take away the ability—not even the doctors—the ability for them to give the care, and you've just you've just your your list of casualties is going to read uh, all killed, no wounded, because nobody's going to be left to be able to treat the wounded. That's absolutely correct. In fact, you know, there, there has been a history of having an attack or a bombing or something in town. And then having a person with an explosive vest show up in the emergency room and, and as the casualties are arriving, light off the vest. And so now you've not only taken, you've, you've killed the, the, the people who are coming into the emergency room, but now you've killed the people who can take care of them. And if you're in a, say, a mid-sized city or a small town or whatever, that may be the only place um, within several miles that can provide medical care. Um, if you're in a big city like where I live in San Antonio, we have lots of hospitals, so it may not be as big of an issue to shunt things off, but it's still going to cause a huge um, problem with providing health care to the community in general. Um, the hospital that I work at basically has a 30 to 40% uh, market share. 
So if you take my hospital out, that's, you know, 40% of the healthcare may not be able to be delivered. And say you use uh, radiologic materials. Okay, now, you know, the hospital is unusable for how many years? 40 yeah. years or whatever, or the right. cleanup's going to be unbelievably expensive. So, and, and there's been threats of using dirty bombs, uh, you know, uh, I described the attack in Budanovsk, Russia, back in 1995, uh, where um, the Chechens took 2,000 hostages, and they were able to actually fend off several attacks by Russian special forces and actually escape. And they they took an X-ray machine with them that had cesium-137. Right. And they actually threatened to use that as a dirty bomb against the Russian government. And between that and the, the attack at the Kislar Hospital... Um, in Dagestan, you know, several months later, the Russians were forced to capitulate and, and to end the war in Chechnya. So that's how politically effective these things can be. Uh, and so, you know, my concern is not only for hospital, you know, the hospital people in general, but what it can do to our government and our way of life. This is really serious business, and, and I want people to understand how important it is to secure our hospitals. Doc, you talk about in the article what the administration of the hospitals need to do to, to help secure the facility. Uh, you, you, you tell the, the medical staff what they need to be looking for uh, or to get that plan taken place. What, 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 what can we do? What can the patient or the visitor do? Well, first of all, I think you have to ask some very pointed questions. Um, we know that hospitals have a legal responsibility to provide a safe, and secure environment for the staff and the patients and the families. So do the hospitals have a, a liability risk in this event? Now, do they have a plan? Do they have a plan if there's a, a localized terror attack? Can they, can they sequester the ER um, from, you know, from suicide bombers? Is there a plan for searching ambulances before they arrive? Because what happens, what's happened in other places is they, they paint an ambulance, load it full of bad guys or a bomb, and they drive it right up to the ER and either, you know, do a, a firearms attack or they'll light off the bomb. Okay? So we need to be able to, to search ambulances and, and, and keep vehicles away from the hospital. Um, hospitals are designed to facilitate bringing vehicles to the hospital. Right. So, I mean, th- these are things that we need to look at. Doc, um, we gotta, we got to cut you off. We're at the end of the segment here. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, 
CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash arms room and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash arms room. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio. On the line with us, we have Dr. John Adine. He is from Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, drgo.us, drgo.us. And he has written an article on this week's, or excuse me, this month's issue of uh, USCCA's, you know, it's the United States Concealed Carry Association's Concealed Carry Magazine. It's on page 54, right, right Doc? Right, <laughs> page fifty-four. If you if you're if you are a USCCA member, you can get out. You can check it out online. If not, uh, you get yourself one of these copies. I mean, if you're if you are a member, it should be in your mailbox. So, Doc, we were talking about what the individual can do to help secure the facility. What what the the patient or the visitor should be doing. Right, and so the the other issue here is the, the gun free zone issue. We need to start putting pressure on getting rid of gun free zones in general, but in hospitals in particular. Um, it, may, it may have to go through your state legislature in order to do that, but you can also put pressure on the hospitals. A lot of hospitals have a choice as to whether they're a gun-free zone or not. Now, and, and my thought is, what about setting up something like a faster program like they have in Ohio for school teachers, for hospital staff and employees? Wouldn't it be good to have armed hospital employees, concealed carrying, trained 
and maybe even coordinated with the police responders so they know who, who the, each other are so that if something does happen in the hospital, either a terrorist attack or just a, you know, a, a spree shooter can happen, there can be immediate response in the hospital. Yeah, that's an excellent um, idea. I mean, we've, we've heard about it with the schools. We've heard about it out of Oklahoma. But I don't think I've ever heard it mentioned before to do that with the hospital staff. And you, and I, you think, except for perhaps a, you know, a county-run hospital or a state-run hospital, it might be easier to get around the red tape. You may not have to go through the legislation at the private hospital to do that. You have to right. deal well, with those administrators. Right. Depends on the state. Texas, there's actually some laws that says that, that hospitals are supposed to post the signs. So we have to go through that. The other thing is there needs to be some liability reform as well. Um, Tennessee just recently in, enacted a law that went into effect on July 1st, holding owners of gun-free zones uh, liable for damages incurred to concealed carry license holders who they disarm, yeah. both on the premises and going to and from, and also holding harmless those who refuse to post the signs. So that's, to me, that's the type of legislation we need to get going around the country. Again, this is stuff that we, as, as individual citizens, we need to talk to our legislators to try to get things pushed in the proper direction. Unless they hear it, they're not going to do it. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's going to come from, coming from the individual. It's going to have to come from those, uh, those local organizations. It's going to have to come from, uh, you know, a group like yours for, for Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. It, it's, it's our responsibility to get this stuff before the legislature because, let's face it, they sit up there in those ivory towers and there's not a lot of touch with the outside world. I mean, I see my job as educating the populace about these issues so that they can take action um, and to change what needs to be changed. We're, we are vulnerable, we are at war, and people still have their heads where the sun doesn't shine. Right, right. Cleveland. The attorneys mm-hmm. are telling the hospitals, don't worry, you got your, your plastic signs, you're okay. Yeah. You're covered. Yeah. Well, we need to make it so that the plastic signs are not some kind of magical, you know, fantasy talisman that's hanging up on the door that's supposed to fend off evil yeah how many times do we have to watch it those are make-believe signs okay that the gun-free zones are a make-believe thing and uh, we need to make sure that we need to get rid of them so that we can protect ourselves our families our colleagues i mean and until unfortunately until something like this that i'm talking about happens it's probably not going to happen in this country unless we really make a lot of noise yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we, we say it constantly on here. You say it constantly, I know. Uh, these these gun-free zones, they want to just, just put up killing zone signs. You know, it, it didn't stop anybody shooting any children at Sandy Hook. It didn't stop anybody at Columbine. It didn't stop anyone at the at the uh, the church in South Carolina. It, it didn't stop anyone at the nightclub in Orlando. These signs are a farce, and it's just you enter death's door when you go in there. You take your chance every time. Right. And In fact, they're immoral to leave them up. Yeah. Because we know they attract the kind of people that they're supposed to get rid of. There hasn't been a a mass murderer who's seen a gun-free zone sign and said, oh, my goodness, I can't shoot people here because it's a gun-free zone. Right, yeah, I wouldn't want to risk the misdemeanor charge or the felony third-degree charge for all the capital life felonies I'm about to commit. (laughs) In fact, in Texas, it's now a a Class C misdemeanor with a $200 fine to to violate a gun-free zone. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to risk that misdemeanor when you're about to commit the murders. You wouldn't want you wouldn't right. want that extra charge. 
exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Hey, Doctor, are you going to be down at the uh, the gun rights policy convention again this year? I will be there. I've already got my plane ticket. I just got to make my hotel reservation. But And uh, I think DRGO is going to be uh, talking again. We'll have to figure out what we're going to say. But uh, we'll have something good to say. I can tell you that right now. Uh, outstanding. We'll be there again. We'll be there. Uh, we'll have the uh, we'll have the old broadcast crew there. We're doing the show from there live. And, and uh, we will definitely... Definitely spend some time with you. We'll get you back on the show, and I'm sure we'll do some uh, we'll do some policy conversation after hours as well. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> um, thank you for joining us, Doctor. It's uh, Doctor John Adeen from Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, drgo.us. That's drgo.us. His article is in the USCCA magazine. That's the United States Concealed Carry Association magazine, uscca.com, and the title of it is. In the crosshairs are our hospitals, targets for terrorist attacks. Doctor, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Stay safe out there. Kevin, you, you, you visit a lot of hospitals for, for work, you know, with, with clients and stuff, whether it be, you know, initial, uh, initial injuries or, you know, follow-ups and stuff. You're a concealed carry holder. What, what, how do you deal with this? How do, I mean, I've, I go in and out, back and forth, uh, but what, how do we deal with it? How do you deal with it? And then what's, what does the normal person have to do as far as liability for this? I have... I usually just don't mention it. Right. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of uh, facilities where I've gone in where there's a there's a, a detector. You know, it, it, there's actually a security personnel there, and and the only time that I've ever been stopped, where you know I had to identify myself and tell them what I had, and they said well, you you can't have that, and I went supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were actually with me. Right. They uh they gave it back to me and they went oh wait, you can't walk back through the hospital. Um, we'll drive you around. <laughs> and their security person, I went and got a car and drove me around to my vehicle so that they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, that being in the facility. But, but after that happened, I've been back to that hospital several times and they just kind of, hey, you know, yeah. give, you the, give you the heads up nod like they recognize you. <laughs> and not a word is said. They're like, oh, well, we checked you out and you're okay. It it's, it's, doesn't really carry the weight of law. In some jurisdictions, some jurisdictions it does. It's uh, pretty much the worst you can have happen is you'll get no trespass. Right, right. So I know I've gone and been to a couple of different hospitals with you a couple of different times. At If we go at night, that's usually when they've got the security guard set up and everything's going on. But during the day, it's, you know, it's just it, it, the sign's there so we don't need to check anything. It always It always confounds me how, well, listen, clearly during the daytime, there's no threat. So we'll let people in that have their own guns without checking them. But at night we've, we believe people that come in tonight have guns. Uh, and, and I don't know how they figure that out. I don't know what threat assessment, what, what uh, risk assessment they're doing. Uh, but it, you know, the, the, the fall of darkness does not prevent or does not mean the, the guns are coming, their guns are coming out. So it's, it's a little strange the way they determine when we're going to check and when we're not going to check for guns. They're vampire firearms. Yeah. Well, that, there's been recently a shooting in Florida of in a hospital. Yeah, uh, where just some random guy walked into a room and shot a uh, a patient and a, a healthcare worker. Healthcare worker. Yeah, and this was a was daytime cl- event. Yeah, and it was clearly a matter of mental illness. This this person wasn't in their right mind. I don't know. I haven't seen the the as you were the Paul Harvey and all right. of that yet. But I, I am eager to mm-hmm. see how the protocols fell away because he. Literally, simply just put it down and said, all right, here I am. Right, right. I'm not sure what the point was of what he did. 
Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I look forward to hearing it myself. All right, listen, we got a, we got uh, coming up on the end of the first hour here. We've got a great show, rest of the show planned for you. We have uh, got a couple more guests coming up. We have to, we're talking to Jeff Morano from the Florida Broward County Police Benevolent Association. We're going to talk about uh, again law enforcement being denied service at a convenience store this time. Uh, Lieutenant Bill will be on after that, and a couple of stories to hit. Obviously, we want to talk to you about what happened in Munich this week, and uh, we're, I think we're going to hit a little bit more RNC. I know I talked about it with the Colonel, but. Uh, We're going to do a little more. But until then, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Bye. get past the word bullpup. Maybe you'll be impressed with 11 innovations, like our patented downward shell ejection. But in the one millionth of a second it takes for innovation to ignite performance, it'll make you a believer. The Caltech RDB, the bullpup done right. Innovation, performance, Caltech. See more at KeltechWeapons.com. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios, with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear and more. You'll get it all right here, and you can connect with these guys right now. Call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. Promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. And like I said before, we're going to throw in some military. We're going to throw in some law enforcement. We're going to throw in some issues important to you here on the program. With a smattering of shiny on the side. Smattering of shiny. Let's go around the room real quick. On my right, the right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Talk to Hello, Earl. How are you? Doing good. Good, 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 good. Uh, on my left, it's the illegal ninja, the courtroom assassin, Mr. Kevin, wearing a raincoat, Maxwell. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> you are in a mood today, aren't you? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very good. How are you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm happy to see that my microphone's been turned back on. It is. It has been. It has been. You, um, you need to stop doing that. Well, I, you know, I, I, sometimes we have things to get to, and, and, and then you want to talk. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> like now, we uh, on my right is uh, the, is, is uh, the Pato and Learner, the Samurai Sidekick, Mister Alec Weber. I'm gonna hotwire that button so they can't do that. Again. <laughs> I'm still laughing. That's funny. Uh, hey, uh, great, great program. Uh, it's going on so far. We uh, we got a thanks so far. Thanks to Colonel Allen West and then to uh, Doctor John Adine from the 
uh, Doctors Gun Rights Organization, DRGO.us. Check them out there. Doctors for Responsibility, Responsible Gun Ownership. Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. That's that's at DRGO.us. Um, I want to. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, we got we got a couple more guests coming. I want to jump into one we'd normally spend a little more time on, but uh, out of Massachusetts this week, uh, I'm sure you all saw uh, the Massachusetts Attorney General. Uh, her name is Mora uh, Mora Mora Mora. I think is how it's said. Mora Healy decided that um, she doesn't need the state legislature to pass a law. She's going to create new law herself. Uh, she's not going to be. Uh, she's not a judge and going to interpret a certain way. She's just going to add more to the current law and, and enforce it. So she has a pen and a cell phone. Yes. She, uh, she took, took her cue from the, the guy to the south of her there. Not, not that it's justified. At least the president has executive order powers. Attorney General doesn't have anything like that. No, no, no. They, yeah, no, she doesn't. Um, it, it, uh, in Massachusetts, they have their own little assault weapon ban. This, uh, this sprouted up... Um, Years ago in '94, they had their assault weapon ban. When the Clinton assault, uh, Clinton, the Bill Clinton era assault ban, ban weapon, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> went, in, went into effect back in '94. In, uh, in 2004, it expired. Massachusetts picked it up and has enforced it ever since. Uh, they added a few things to it after the the Sandy Hook uh, shooting, like so many others, and uh, and passed additional legislature in the middle of the night, uh, knee jerk reaction style. Well, in in Massachusetts. You have your assault weapon ban that says you can't have a you know a bayonet, you can't have a, a bayonet lug, you can't have a folding stock, you can't have a magazine over ten rounds, and uh, it's, it's, it's there's other, there's one other pistol thing. Grip, yeah, the pistol um, grip. You can't have flash a flash hider. Right, right. Those things. Thank you, Kevin. And she decided because over the past year since the the updates to the law that there were too many copycat versions of assault weapons where manufacturers have gone out and created a compliant, a compliant, compliant rifles. Yes. Listen, it can't have a folding stock. So we're going to put this kind of stock on it. It can't have a, uh, a flash hider on it. Okay. We'll just, we'll port the barrel. It can't have, it can't have a pistol grip. Fine. We'll put a, 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 a regular flat style old hunting rifle kind of grip. Uh, I believe the arms room makes one. Yes. I was also, wondering if you were what describing to as the couple in particular. Oh. New York compliant, right? New York compliant. Yes. 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 Uh, rifles for our friends behind the enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the liberal lines. And uh, these ones are guaranteed not just wander away either. Yeah, ex- exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. They, she decided those, uh, those, she didn't like those either. So she, she included in her new enforcement letter to all dealers that if you, if I find you selling anything that could be at some point converted to a compliant or excuse me, a non-compliant rifle, then you're done. Now convert it. Go ahead, Earl. I'd say I think I read an article as well that uh, even if they shared parts, yes, yeah, if you can take a part out of one of these and it'll fit a band weapon, uh-huh. it's a band weapon, yep. right? So things like the trigger spring, uh-huh. the bolt, uh-huh. the rear sight. If any of those things can go back and forth from one to the other, to the other, they're now illegal in Massachusetts. She wrote it in such a way that. Even the 22 rifles, because just like Earl said, parts that could be swapped back and forth on the outside as well as the inside. Mm-hmm. I, read, I read that. Things that could be bolted onto them. So that means anything that takes, I don't know, a scope, a sight, a sling. Yeah. yeah. They're all illegal. So every rifle and shotgun in, in Massachusetts is now illegal. Right. Which is why I think you need to reach out to the real estate professionals in the state of Florida. 
Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, Mississippi, South or North Carolina, and sell your home in Massachusetts and run away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This, her order has banned all semi-automatic firearms. And now this includes 22 caliber rifles that are used by the Boy Scouts and other groups, the Johnny Appleseed program, uh, that teach firearm safety, you know, at the, the Boy Scout level, at the camp level, it, it, anything that teaches safety on firearms in a 22, it's now gone. You can't have this anymore in Massachusetts. Uh, this is something that uh, she wrote and she printed. It's banned. And now her article doesn't say, I ban 22s. But it, when as you read through it, the same way we have, the same way Earl just told us about, you go, well, okay, if I can't have a rifle that uses the same kind of parts, that means... Anything that I can move my scope back and forth on is, is done. It's out. Uh, every, every black rifle and all the variants, compliant versions, and anything that might be considered transferable with parts is out of the picture now. And th- I want you to think about this the way she is. If the ammo will fit an assault rifle, as she defines it, and it'll fit what you have, it's now banned. It's a part. It's a component. If it fires a caliber of bullet... Right, nine millimeter, it's banned. If it can take a a, a Picatinny rail scope mount, that's an interchangeable part. It's banned. She said, "We recognize that most residents who purchased these guns in the past believed they were doing legally. So this directive will not apply to possession of guns purchased before this Wednesday, this past Wednesday. In a dozen years since the federal assault weapons ban lapsed, only seven states have instituted their own assault weapons ban. Massachusetts being one of them." She believes that it's their job to enforce state laws and keep people safe. This directive does both. Right. Yeah, because criminals are shooting up campuses and theaters and police protests. They're all easily stopped by enacting a simple bit of legislation. I could tell you just how many mass murders were thwarted when the perpetrator ran up against a law like this, but I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to let the wind out of your, the attorney general's sails here. Let me tell you something else. Um, 1,400 murders. 1,400 murders in Massachusetts last year. 1,400 murders. Seven of them were with rifles so clearly she's just wiped out murder in the state you're listening to arms room radio coming to you live from the Keltech studios when we get back we're going to have pba president jeff morano from broward county florida Keltec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity, not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. 
Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G U N T E C USA.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special Or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast-to-coast with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. You just heard our good friend, Mr. Alan Gottlieb. He's the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. He's also chairman of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. Join him and us at the 31st Annual Gun Rights Policy Conference. Dr. John Adine will be there also. We know that. That's the GRPC this year in Tampa, Florida, September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. 23rd, 24th, 25th of September. 
You can check it out at saf.org. That's secondamendmentfoundation.org, saf.org. Hey, on the line with us, we have uh, Mr. Jeff Morano. Jeff is the Broward County Police Benevolent Association president. Jeff, how are you doing today? Jeff, you with us? I think Jeff may have wandered away. I'll let you see if you can get a hold of him there. Um, what, what had gone on down in Broward County, let me, tell you, let me tell you the story down there. There was a, there's a police station, or excuse me, a police department, Mir- Miramar Police Department, Southern Broward County. They have a, there, was a, there was an incident uh, out near the street in the intersection where this gas station is. It's a, it's a uh, Sunoco gas station, and uh, the, the officers went in there. Uh, after one of the officers went in there after uh, the incident was over and wanted to get himself um, get himself a beverage and when he when he when he asked for a beverage the clerk said no no uh, and, and we've got the police report hold on we got we got Jeff back on the line nope. Jeff you there with us now yes I am sir okay cool cool this is uh, Jeff Morano he's the president of the Broward County P- Police Benevolent Association Jeff thanks for joining us today You're very welcome thank you. Hey, what 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 happened down there? I mean, listen, we keep seeing all this stuff. We're watching all these, you know. Uh, there's cop shootings and killings going on. Uh, and, you know, we got to, we're watching the RNC. We we're, we're, we're see the call for 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 an end to this violence, and and yet we still got knuckleheads like this that don't want to serve a cop a drink. Yeah, you know the uh, the officer had gone there, and it was the it was the uh, afternoon of the shooting of the three Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Uh, officers, as well as the uh, the fourth one who was fighting for his life. So there's three dead and, and, and one fighting for his life, I believe six or seven shot in, in total. Right. And uh, the officer was there. He had effected arrest. And apparently there's a relationship between the clerk and the person in the back of the, uh, in the, back of the marked unit who was in custody. And uh, the clerk basically was uh, upset that this individual was arrested. And and in front of other customers, he told the police officer, "Move aside. I have people to serve, and I'm not serving you." Yeah, I mean, I, the officer even moved to the side, let the other customers go through, thinking, "Well, you know, you just, I don't want to take up their time with just a, a drink. You know, maybe they're buying gas or something else." And still, he was told, "No, no, I'm not serving you." Right. And the second time, he said, "Hey, listen, I, I need you to ring me up." They said, "I'm not serving you, and you know why." So, uh, you know, obviously, he. Um, he contacted the supervisors, and then, you know, the texting went out and Facebook stuff went out, and he went into the uh, uh, unit and, and, and uh, took a number and, and filed, a, uh, filed a police report, a Sigma 14 police report. Now, uh, after the report's filed, uh, is it, is it, was it the agency that contacted the owner? Was it, was it the, the PBA down there and you guys that contacted the owner? How did that happen? We, um, we had to do a, a search to find out who the owners of the business was. And because we wanted to notify them first of what happened, uh, and we found them on one of these uh, uh, in the internet on, on a business site. We had sent them an email uh, along with a letter how we objected to it, and uh, then we also notified Sunoco of the situation. And that's when we called for a, uh, a nationwide boycott of, of Sunoco. Right, because I guess this is uh, one of the independently owned, but it's under the Sunoco franchise there. Yes, that they own the gas, or I would say that they sell the gas. Okay, okay, gotcha. Now, when you reached out to the uh, the, the, the 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 local owner and the corporate, what what did you get back? What response did you get there? Well, we got a, a very rapid, uh, concerned response from Sunoco, and uh, I mean, I'm talking probably about 25 hours after the incident occurred. They were already on it. Said we're, we are addressing this. Uh, we will take care of it. We support law enforcement. Very sorry that this happened. Please. Uh, We'd like to speak to the officer, and the officer didn't want to speak to them. So, 
uh, you know, he wanted to remain anonymous. Right. And uh, we just passed it along, and, and uh, he basically, once he told me that the individual was uh, terminated, then we went ahead and, uh, and put the Sunoco letter up on our website as well as our Facebook page to let everybody know that the uh, issue had been addressed. Okay, and, we, and we, we're taking a look at the letter now. You can pull it down offline. Uh, we found it on one of the local news sites down there. Any response from Sunoco on the call to the, to the boycott? Yeah, no, he, he asked us to, to, to lift the boycott, which we did. Okay, okay, cool. Excellent. Because you got, you got satisfaction, everything happened, they took care of the problem, and the, the, that's, that's the solution there. Yeah, they, they, Sunoco couldn't have been more professional. Excellent. Concerned. Excellent. Now, you guys had one not too long back down there. I think it was in an Arby's also a similar thing occurred. That's correct. That was a female officer from Pembroke Pines, also a Broward County PBA member. We represent them as well. And that, I believe, I want to say it was back in February. When uh, supposedly it was a, just a big joke, but uh, you know we didn't take it that way. Uh, you know February was a, a, another very very bad month yeah. for law enforcement in the United States, uh, right. and uh, you know when you start losing you know somebody every day, uh, it's it's just a uh, just very very depressing. Is this um, is this out of the ordinary? Is, you know I, I'd hate to think this is the norm at, at all places that happen to have a. You know, uh, an African American person working there, a black person, whatever, whatever the proper wording is. I don't want to get in trouble today. But you know, right. is this the the standard going on down there in the communities down in Broward, or is this just isolated incident? Well, I, I can tell you that's the uh, that clerk represents a very very small uh, amount or minority of, of people in in Broward County in South Florida. The the outpouring both after Arby's as well as after this for police officers from private citizens has been absolutely incredible. I can't tell you how many people have called or emailed or texted and said, hey, uh, hey Jeff, by the way, I was, at, I was at breakfast this morning and a guy picked up the check for all four of us. Uh, I was at uh, the station today and somebody brought in three dozen donuts and a case of water and, and walked out. Uh, that, that's uh, been happening a lot. Uh, you know. But on the other hand, with, with the, uh, with, between uh, the five officers that were killed in Dallas as well as the three in in Baton Rouge, there is a heightened aware, uh, there is a heightened uh, sense of awareness with the officers. Uh, many agencies have doubled up their road patrol people, uh, mandated that everybody's wearing their body armor. Everybody's locked and loaded with their uh, long rifles in the trunks of the cars. So, uh, you know, there is a uh, uh, certainly a heightened sense of awareness on behalf of both the agencies as well as the officers, as well as I believe the Department of Justice recently just released a uh, basically a bolo on, uh, on, on officer safety. Yeah, I know it was, um, I think it was last weekend you guys had one of the, the big BLM rallies down there in Broward and in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know, I don't know how big it was, but, uh, you know, there was one. Um, you know, it's not a, uh, uh, you know, everybody's allowed to protest. So, right. uh, but I, I, it was nothing, uh, nothing uh, significant. Okay. So we have, uh, um, we have uh, several, in Broward County, we have several African-American police chiefs. Right. So uh, that's, you know, and we have a very good relationship uh, with the uh, African-American clergy in the churches. So uh, there is a, uh, certainly a lot of uh, African-Americans in Broward County and, and, and younger uh, generations of African-Americans in Broward County that are extremely religious and, and uh, law-abiding, to say the least. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Jeff, what is the what is your department's policy or the department's policies about somebody bringing in things like donuts and water and just walking out? Aren't you a little concerned about 
altered? You know, um, not, not really. I mean, you know, there's, you know, it's not that, that we expect to be blasted or a bomb in there. Uh, I mean, these are, uh, you know, there's cameras in there and people are in the lobby. So they, it's fun. They'll be certainly would be identified that they were to do something like that. But uh, they have even, uh, they have even um, taken precautions at the, at the lobbies of a lot of police departments as, you know, as far as, buzzing people in and not buzzing people in. So they, so, they have taken a precaution. So as long as they're not brownies, everybody's good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on as uh, you know, sure. Uh, is there anything we could do to help? You know, we'll put the word out. Obviously we're pro, you know, we're pro law enforcement. Everybody, everybody here is um, anything that you guys are needing, looking for right now that we can help you out with. You know, just, uh, you know, just try to get everybody to, uh, you know, keep their the police officers in their in their prayers. That's it. That's the best we could do. Yeah, multiple times a day, multiple times a day. Jeff, thank you again for joining thank us, you, and uh, hope next time we talk to you, it's about something uh, more pleasant than the in, than this ridiculousness. Let's hope so. Thank you again, guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Jeff. Stay safe. Uh, I mean, this is this is crazy. I keep hearing about this all over the yeah. place. I mean, I guess the the good thing, the flip side of this is that it it, it brings out. The other ninety nine percent of the community right. that says, you know, we're not taking that crap. Yeah. You know, we're not going to let that guy represent us. Blue lives matter as well. And yeah. So, so Fortun- that's fortunately, it was just re- refusing service, not anything right. more drastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I mean, the where, where is this acceptable? Where is this yeah. acceptable? Oh, look, somebody just shot some cops today. Uh, you, you could you go yeah. get your coat, your soda uh-huh. somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. All right, you listen to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We get back. We got Fallen Hero and Lieutenant Bill up after that. We'll see you in a few. kilometers northwest of Kandahar, Afghanistan, at a remote desert military base, American soldiers are playing video games. There are cold drinks, coffee, snacks, and comfy chairs. There's an internet connection, a putting green, frisbees, and footballs. There are DVDs, books, games, and guitars. There are toothbrushes, shaving cream, body wipes, and shampoo. This is today's USO. It's the USO to go program. With all of the above and more, selected and ordered directly by the troops themselves, packaged and shipped anywhere in the world. Today, it's just one of the ways the USO supports our troops, lifts their spirits, and serves as the link between them and the American people. People just like you. To donate and to find out more about the USO, visit us at USO.org. The USO, until everyone comes home first time that we saw combat as a unit it was more surreal than anything you're under fire you're getting blown up there's definitely adrenaline there was the explosion and i remember just opening my eyes and it got both of my legs I had surgery after surgery and i was on a lot of pain medicine what's going to happen next and how long am i going to be here the wounded warrior project dropped off a backpack for me and it had everything in there that I could possibly have needed at that time. Peer visitors, people who have been where I had been before, said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. That type of thing is an invaluable service. To be honest, I don't know if I would be as well-adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. 
To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close. I'm so close. And when I, I finished, I was like, I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please feel free to remind them to go to SSS.gov or any post office to register. I heard that. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. The Fallen Heroes segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Officer Matthew Gerald, 41, Baton Rouge Police Department, was killed in a shooting in Baton Rouge on Sunday morning, July 17, 2016. He was assigned to the Uniform Patrol Division. Before joining the Baton Rouge Police Department last year, Gerald served in both the Marines and the Army. He deployed to Iraq three times. Matt was the kind of guy that you knew immediately when he entered the room, said Ryan Carbrell, who served with Gerald in Iraq. Whether it was the energy he carried with him or that Cajun accent he had, maybe it was the Marine in him. Carbrell, now a police officer in Texas, described Gerald and his fellow officers as made to serve the people. Baton Rouge Police Chief Carl Debade said Gerald was a devoted husband and father of two. His sense of service drew him to law enforcement when he got out of the military, the chief said. He spent his whole life serving the country and our city, and he's a hero. Officer Matthew Gerald, you are not forgotten.
you'd like to get a hold of Kevin and myself, there's a couple of different ways that you could do it. You could reach us on maxlaworlando.com. That's the website. You can give us a call at the office. It's 407-480-2179. You can reach us on the Twitters at MaxLawOrlando. And you can reach us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash downtownattorneys. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Alec, Thank you, for, uh, for sponsoring the, uh, the segment. Well, for, for Alec, for, for reading how to contact you. And for Kevin for sponsoring the segment, so, so thank you. He's very devoted. The, 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 yeah, yeah. The only, yeah, yeah, the only one time, the one time he's super technical. He's, he's, uh-huh. he's, um, hey, on the line with us, we have we have a special guest. He's with us. He's with us about uh, every week, every other week. We we always have him back. Um, well, he's the chief law enforcement. officer. He is the chief law enforcement officer of Arms Room Radio. Uh, please welcome him back to the program, Lieutenant Bill. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are you today? We are doing well. We are doing well. Um, hey, we had, uh, I don't know if you caught it last segment, we had uh, uh, Jeff Morano from the, the Broward County Police Benevolent Association. Uh, yes, hey, where, yes, I did. Where, where you work? You ever had that nonsense going on in, the, in the, the city community where you work? Anybody deny or, or, or you guys been uh, been lucky so far, I guess? No, we've been lucky. Uh, i got to say my agency has uh, a, a pretty good relationship uh, with our community. Good. So good to hear. Good to hear. Um, I, you know, and I know it's it's not the norm. It's the it's the less than one percent. But uh, like we said, I guess the, the the good thing is it brings out all the supporters when they see some ridiculous hater like that. So yes, um, yes, it does. Hey, I wanted to talk to you this week. I know normally we do a story. I wanted to get a little bit different this week. We've had um, there's been some some shootings that have caused some some anger. That's what uh, you know the the shooter evidently said in Baton Rouge was was another one of the police shootings. Uh, that that enraged him, so he, he killed the cops in Baton Rouge. We we see it all the time now with these with these these complaints where somebody's shot or there's a there's a there's an allegation of excessive force, and and the only thing we get to see in the public is that 12 second cell phone video, and then of course the media narrative of how all cops are bad and um, they killed an innocent uh, young black man or white man or Hispanic man, whatever it happens to be. Um, What's what's an agency's procedure when something like this comes in? Now let let me give you just an example. We'll we'll make it up. You get a you get a twelve second video of get on the ground, get on the ground, get on the ground, bang bang bang, and all of a sudden the media says the cops guilty, the cops the cops guilty. What's the procedure for something like that? How's that handled in the agency? You know, obviously we're not going off of a twelve second video, right? Uh, There there's. A lot of procedures that are in place, obviously, we treat that like we treat any other major crime scene. Uh, of course, you know, the, the, the Calvary is responding. Uh, we're setting up a crime scene. Um, you know, the officer is, you know, removed from the scene, uh, and we have different procedures in place how, how we deal with the officer himself. Uh, now, in years past, what we would do is you'd have – there's two different investigations that go on um, at the time. You have a criminal investigation that goes on uh, and then a internal investigation. Now, based on uh, the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights, Florida State Statute 112 um, – that starts and is immediately told, and then we stop that right. uh, because there's a certain time frame that that has to be done. But a criminal investigation is done first. Right. Uh, 
what a lot of agencies are doing now, and, and it's a smart thing, is we are now turning that over to a third party, and in, in this case, uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And what we do is uh, a lot of agencies have now entered into a memorandum of understanding, and, and they come in and they take over that part of the investigation. They take over the criminal investigation, Okay. usually alongside with the local state attorney's office. Yeah, and that probably relieves a lot of the, uh, the, the alleged bias, you know, that you're going to yeah. hear from the media and, and the, the people. The isn't in the hen house now. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have that. And they, they do their investigation, and whatever the outcome of that is, is whatever it is. Right. So if it's criminal, then the state attorney's take uh, uh, takes that over, and they go, it goes to grand jury, whether they decide they're going to indict or not indict. Um, so if it indicts, then it goes to criminal trial, and... You know, uh, Kevin can talk more on that and right. probably a lot better than I can. Uh, I think now, it's also at, at that point, let's let's say that if, you know, something went bad and, and, and the grand jury decides to indict or the state attorney just direct files or whatever it is, at that point, depending on your, your union rules, that's when the officer goes from suspended without, or with pay to with without pay. pay. To suspended without pay. Correct. correct. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, and and there's there's the different you know the different rules on that, and right. then depending on findings of guilty or not guilty, then you know if it's guilty, then they're terminated. If it's right. not guilty, then uh, the internal investigation or the policy side, the administrative investigation kicks in, uh, and then we determine whether you know was there a policy violation, was it, did they do something wrong policy wise, administratively? Yeah, because you could still uh, be cleared criminally and still. Uh, be, be fired or, or have, have nothing happen to you. Absolutely. Uh, and w- what we look at administratively is we have a set of rules, we have a set of guidelines, you hear policies, procedures, rules, whatever label you want to put on it. We look at that as, as an administrator. We look at that, did we follow our policies? Did the officer follow our policies? Did, we fo- did he follow our procedures? Right. Did he follow his training guideline uh, yeah. as what we have been established is, you know, these are the steps that we have to take when we go into a use of force situation. Did he follow that? Right. And yes, he did, or no, he didn't. Or there's another portion of that on the outside of what we call, was there a training failure? Right. In other words, was he confronted with a situation that has really never been confronted before? The officer was never trained to handle that. We've never dealt with something like this before, and we don't have a policy that addressed it. Or we don't have a training program that ever addressed it, right? Uh, yeah, so something we something call, weird, new, unusual. You know, it was a, it was a, a a drone with a gun controlled by a twelve year old. Yeah, something you know, weird, it, something that's never happened before. Exactly. And so what we call that is we call that a policy failure or a training failure. Uh, so that yes, they may have done something wrong. However, there was nothing in place to say that was wrong before. Right. You know, there was a, a circumstance many years ago, and names will be uh, redacted to protect the guilty, <laughs> where you were not allowed to pursue, you know, criminal suspects the wrong way on a limited access highway. Right. Uh, and a certain officer may have received a commendation and a reprimand at the same time. Yeah. That was a policy failure. Yep. You know, uh, you know. Good idea. You know, good for apprehending the bad guy. Right. Bad judgment for driving the wrong way on a wrong on yeah, a one-way yeah, exactly. highway. Exactly. The old good initiative, bad judgment rule. Exactly. Yeah. 
so, you know, it's, it's, those are the different steps that we look at as administrators on the, uh, on the admin side after it goes through the criminal procedure. Now, on TV, that takes uh, 48 minutes. How long does that take in real life? Yeah. Um, well, on the administrative side, once it's cleared, we open up the administrative investigation by state law under 112. We have 180 days. Yeah. So six months to look at that. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, excellent. Excellent information. Excellent information. Bill, we are uh, we are coming up on on the break, and um, I, I do appreciate the information. I think this is this answers a lot of questions because this is the problem with the 12 second video. He's guilty. He's guilty, and uh, it's not the way it works. It w- you wouldn't expect it to work that way, even if you caught your kid eating Cheetos with orange fingers, you'd still, you know, make sure that, that, you know... Depends on which kid it is. Well, yeah, true. That's true. But uh, we appreciate it. Bill, please stay safe out there, and and, and hearts and prayers to you and all the guys and and girls down there at the agency. I appreciate it. Uh, You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTechUSA. 
Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. It happened so quick, it just sneaks up on us. Last segment already. I just, you know, just, I don't know how it happens. Time flies when you're having fun. My reflexes are too fast. You got you got the ninja reflexes. Uh huh. Got the ninja reflexes. He watches a lot of movies. He does. He does. Um, Hey, listen! Don't forget, coming up September third, September third at the Titusville Rifle and Pistol Club. That's the Titusville Rifle and Pistol Club. It's the annual Arms Room Radio Machine Gun Shoot. Uh, That's right. You heard me. Annual Arms Room Radio Machine Gun Shoot. It's going to be great. Going to be incredible. There's a, there's, a, there's a ridiculous amount of guns there. These are, you know, Moduses. Uh, these are 50 cals. You got your M240s, the 308 belted ammo. You've got uh, 556 belted. You've got uh, suppressed weapons. You've got M16s. You've got AK47s. I just, it goes on and on, going on, on and on. M60. M60. Got the M60. Check check it out. Go to go to the old uh, Facebook.com slash Florida Machine Gun Shoot. Facebook.com slash Florida Machine Gun Shoot, or just go to floridamachinegunshoot.com. We've even gotten some Russian crew-served. Yeah, we do have some Russian crew-served weapons out there. Uh, a Dishka, if I can correct, a 14.5. Yeah, if we can get the ammo. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, who needs ammo? Um, we had a 185-millimeter mortar, but you didn't get us any ammo. I, well, listen, later, later, <laughs> later, you know? Um Super so check it out. Sick, go, I'm sick. Yeah, okay. Go to shoot.com, Check it out. You'll be able to buy all the ammo right there. You'll be able to come in, see the vendors, get to you know line up at the food trucks. It's going to be a great event out there in Titusville. Lots of people expected to come. Make sure you get in on it. Um, speaking of speaking of guns again, uh, that would be part of the subject matter of this particular of this, of this protocol. program of this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munich, Munich, Germany. The the shooting in Munich, Germany this week. I was. That, in, you know what? It's got to be fake. Yeah, yeah. Why was that, Kevin? Because Munich is a gun-free zone. Gun-free. All of Germany, Munich being the, pretty much the capital of Bavaria, you know, Germany, Berlin, obviously the capital of Germany. Um, it, it's a gun-free country. The the firearms allowed in Germany are the the hunting-style firearms, a shotgun that's a uh, side-by-side or over-under or single shot. They, 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 don't, mi- they don't mind the double, the double guns. Yeah, the double guns, as long as it's both there. Um, yeah. The hunting rifles are the old... Three round uh, shot, three round bolt action rifles, right. or you know that's or, it, or the driller, or the driller, the singles, you and, know, and, and that the driller is a is a two shotguns over a rifle or two rifles over a shotgun. Yeah, these are pheasant guns and fox guns and you know perhaps some hunting guns. That's about it. There's there's no there's no handgun ownership. There's no uh, there's no military style lookalike there, rifles. There, there are no, no this ain't Norway. There's no there's no Ruger 1022 with a 25 no. round magazine, so you don't have to. Keep leaning over and loading the kids' magazine for them. 
Now uh, you can you can have a twenty two bolt action rifle, sure, but you Single have shot. to have a yeah. have to have a contract where you show that you are training for the Olympics. Yes, for, yeah. for, that's right. why you need it. And then you store it at the police station or right. on the military base where you where you where, have the where you're training, yeah. and you yeah. have to go check out the ammo one round at a time. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly right. So there's a shooting, and I, I don't know how you're able to determine this in less than twenty four hours. Twelve seconds, duh. Well, 12, 12 seconds. He's an Iranian-born kid, 18-year-old, so he's a man. And all of a sudden, within 24 hours, we know, oh, no, no, there's no Islamist ties. There's no Islamist ties. Even though... Wait, he's a computer geek. Yeah, yeah. Even, so he might have had a way to use the computer to talk to people that they <laughs> haven't found yet? They haven't found yet, exactly. Yeah. Even though there's eyewitness statements that during the killings, he's out there yelling, Aloha snack bar. He's, he's, he's out there it, ch- chanting, uh, you know, God is great. God is great. Remember. Aloha snack bar is just it. because he's a Muslim terrorist doesn't mean he's a Muslim terrorist. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, from right. the mouth of our president. Yeah. It, there's something else he did that, that I want everybody to keep in mind. He put out on social media that there was a prize giveaway, that there were, there were going to be prizes, you know, for both adults and children. So that he could collect in one spot as many potential victims as he possibly could. If you get a solicitation like that through social media, please make sure it's legitimate before you show up there and get run over by a bus or set on fire or shot all to pieces by some crazy person. You mean so if somebody were to post, I don't know, there's some 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 poker man squirtles or whatever they are. Yeah. And uh, you tried to show up uh, and 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 then he went to went to shooting. You probably shouldn't be a drone to your to your social media apps or whatever yeah. whatever the poker yeah. man is or whatever. Yeah. It is. Don't lend yourself to being a victim because a lot of people are using that hey, there's uh there's a lot of uh pokey go kind of things over here. And then you go there and it drives you farther and farther away from, and then now you're, you know, you're in banjo music in the background. Yeah, Yeah, you leave without your wallet and a black eye. I'm more concerned about them getting hit by cars because they're driving their bikes playing it. Yeah. I've almost hit three. Three Pokemon Go or three? Three three children on bikes because they're not paying attention and pulling into the road. Yeah. We're going to have to get the Google Glass for everybody. It uh, it reminds me, Kevin, the the old law enforcement trick. You used to take the warrants sheets, the guys that you just couldn't find, and the guys that were never home, the ones that you couldn't pick up, and you'd you'd create some sort of a, a mailer, a flyer that that had the gentleman's name on it or gentle lady's name on it, and it would you'd mail it out and it would say, "Dear sir or madam, congratulations, uh, congratulations, you just won a free TV set uh, from the courtesy of pick the pick the associated free, company that you uh, find to uh, help uh, you." Al Pacino, yep, was in a movie, mm-hmm. and and that happened, right. and he he. Guy brought his kid with him. He said, "Hey, hey, you're you're not supposed to bring anybody with you." That's my kid. It was tickets to the ball game, and and he's like, oh, "We're out of tickets." And the guy started to give him a hard time, and he kind of pulled his jacket back so he could see his gold badge on yep. his belt. And uh, he says, "No, no, we're out of tickets. You need to leave. We'll catch you later." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, yep. and he gave him a pass because he had his kid with him. Yep, yep. But uh, and the guy knew, yeah, I'm going to have to go turn myself in later because <laughs> right. I don't want him to catch me. Because yep. you know what, you give yourself up. It's a lot less hassle than having them chase you down and catch oh, you. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. right. And if exactly. you're in that kind of trouble, call me. <laughs> we'll arrange a walkthrough so you spend as few hours in jail as is humanly possible. Max Law Orlando. Just like that. 
dot com, right? You, MaxLawyerLando.com. You know, I had somebody say something to me the other day. They just listened to the show, and she, he, he, he said, he and, and his wife said, you know, you talk about you're, you're a lawyer, but none of the people that listen to your show get in those kinds of problems. <laughs> and I went, yeah, you have a point. Yeah. Folks, if you listen to me and you don't need a lawyer because you don't get yourself in those kind of troubles, turn to your kid sister and her crazy children. <laughs> and tell them that I can help them when they get in trouble. Tell the people that work for you that suddenly come in crying about, you know, my baby daddy or baby mama did X, Y, and Z. Let them know I can try to fix those problems because the less they're worried about that, the more they're doing their job for you. Uh, you got to keep your employees focused on what they're supposed to be doing when they're preoccupied with their legal problems. It's hard to keep them on point. So put the number in your phone, Arms Room Radio listener, and hand it when you get that call in the middle of the night that says, hey, this happened to me, this happened to me, you can go, well, call Max Law Orlando. Here's the number. Give him him a jingle. Ring him up. Ring him up. Let him take the pressure off of you to solve the problem, and that way you can get back to doing your job for me. Yeah, exactly right. There you go. Um, Yeah, this thing in in Munich, I was in Munich, uh, you know, not too long ago, and I got to tell you with what shocked me about Munich, and I thought, well, Munich would be a nice place to go because it's it's the traditional Bavarian capital. No, not anymore. <laughs> Munich is um, when you're in the cities in the sub sub. Uh, excuse me, you're, you're in the center of the, the the train station. You're assuming the center of the city. You're at the train station. You're near the subways. You're at the mall, like this kid is. It was about fifty percent of these Muslim refugees is what you saw around there that had been there for a year, two years, a week, you know, two days, and it was. Uh, the Germans had pretty much turned their back on it. They 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 decided, uh, you know, we're just going to let them have their way with our cities. The Germans are all moved into the suburbs and out into the in the countryside. But but I kind of get it. You know, if Germany if they're fed up with the Muslims, what what do they do? What's gonna, the world going to say when Germany says, "Hey, we're going to round up a certain religious group and send them send them someplace"? You're uh, going to do what? Yeah, yeah excuse me. That's where that's where that's when the Germans are going to have to move away. Just let them have it. That's that. That's there. There you go. You, shooting, it's yours. shooting in Frankfurt three weeks ago. The shooting here in Munich. It's time for Germany to decide that they need to do something. Hey, listen, we've had a great show. Uh, uh, thanks to Colonel Allen West. Thanks to Doctor John Adine. Thanks to uh, Jeff Morano from Broward County PBA, and of course to Lieutenant Bill. Um, please, please, please remember to exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, you need to get ready, and if you are ready, you need to stay ready. We'll see y'all next week. Don't forget, September 3rd, machine gun shoot. September 3rd, machine gun shoot. Remember, keep your head on swivel. Be safe. Tech PMR-30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. 
thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. 